big virtual hugs to those joining us online right now. Let us know where you're watching from in the comments below so we can celebrate with you where you guys are watching from. Thank you so much. Today we're going to continue our uh, Love Unstoppable series, and I've been enjoying the series that launched with our, our, our Easter services, and I'm just feeling like God's really doing something. Any of you guys recognize the presence of God in this room? Any of you guys feel like, yeah, God is here, and whether we feel him or not, he's always here, but I just feel like he's doing something special. He's reviving our hearts. He's reminding us of who he is, and, and I hope you guys have come hungry. Well, hungry physically because tri-tip sandwiches right after, okay, I see that hand, I see that hand. Um, right after service, we've got our water baptism and, and we've got tri-tip sandwiches and hot dogs. So we hope you guys will be able to stick around. But I hope you're coming hungry too for a word from the Lord. This is what I'm just going to share with you today. It wasn't even the message I was planning. I really felt like God uh, diverted my uh, studies and I feel like it's a word for someone, maybe a few people. Here, if you'd like to follow along, we have paper notes you can grab on the table, or you can also follow along on our digital notes on our free app. Uh, there is also a connect card under your chair if uh, you would like prayer. Uh, we would love to be able to pray with you. But we're calling today's message, Wrestling with Regrets. Anyone ever have any regrets? Yeah, me too. And uh, wrestling, just that idea, this is the... the the, t- the title I want to kick off with, did any of you guys ever wrestle? Like, I, I, yeah, I know my father-in-law did. He, he wrestled. Okay, first of all, props to you guys, because already it's awkward with the suit, right? You're, you're just already. Let's just be honest here. It's awkward. Um, but then my, my, my son, my oldest son, Elijah, was in seventh grade. He was wrestling, and, uh, and he shows up, and he asked, there's a girl that meets him out on the mat. And he's like, what, what am I supposed to do? I was raised, you don't hurt a girl, you, you don't come near a girl, you just you honor a girl. What am, and needless to say, it was such an awkward situation that she pinned him in like 2.5 seconds. Like he was, he was down and he was just like, I didn't know what to do, right? It was super, super awkward. And as awkward as that might be, even more awkward is addressing the regrets in our own lives. But if we don't, if we don't address the regret, we won't be able to progress into redemption. We have to go ahead and be honest with it. And, and as much as I would love to just put 2020 behind us and completely forget that anything like that ever happened, I think we all have quarantine regrets. Let's just be honest. Uh, quarantine regrets, some of them might be like um, this one right here, after I eat all my quarantine snacks in one night. <laughs> Can anyone relate, right? Remember they said, oh, it's just 15 days. We're going to flatten the curve, right? So we're just, we get stocking up. And we're like, 15 days, I can pound all of this food. And then we're like a year later, and we're like, we're looking like this, this guy right here. Um, no problem. God loves us all, no matter how big or small. Uh, how about this? When we were trying to get up like normal, remember at the beginning, we were trying to get up like normal? And you set your alarm, and you couldn't figure out why you slept till 11 o'clock. Well, it could be that you set your calculator Instead of your alarm clock, that's a regret. What about uh, haircut regrets? Right, guys? Right? <laughs> Eventually, we're like, hey, I'm going to give my kid a haircut. I'm going to give myself a haircut. And let's not even talk about bangs. Right? It, uh, my wife told me, never, ever do your own bangs. I, I, those, these are just quarantine regrets that we have, to kind of, we have to kind of wrestle with. What about all of our new chef regrets? Right? Everyone's at home. They're starting to cook. This person didn't know the difference between a cutting board and a baking sheet. 
Yeah, so I'm not sure how that bread turned out. When we finally got to venture out, right, most of us were Zooming, um, you know, what felt like it for an eternity, finally get out, and this guy, this guy bumps into the one car, car accident with the only other car on the entire <laughs> road. Imagine, imagine how he's feeling about that right now. Uh, and, then, and when, you know, we were so used to it, wash your hands, get the sanitizer on your hands, this poor person is walking around with sticky hands because they didn't realize that was not sanitizer, it was coffee syrup. So, yeah, they were regretting that. And then the, the masks. I, I, we've been doing this for how long? And I still, anybody else still forget your masks, right? I, I just, I still forget it. And, and so this guy drove 45 minutes thinking he had his mask in his pocket and it ended up being a sock. So I can, you know, I don't know how desperate he was, but I can only imagine he was going in there like this. <laughs> and of course, you know, our regrets go a whole lot deeper than, you know, sock masks and, uh, and coffee syrup. It's really deeper than that, right? If we're honest, we look at the places where we regret, uh, and, and lots of regrets came up when all of a sudden we found ourselves quarantined with our family that we weren't actually seeing that much. Now we had to see them all the time. And lots of regrets about how much time we actually didn't spend with each other. Uh, tempers began to flare, uh, issues that we could normally ignore because life was busy, we're now confronted with on a 24-7 basis, right? And we or all of us having to face those regrets. Are, the many, many Christians that I've talked to have regretted how their, their Christian walk kind of nosedived during the pandemic because they were no longer able to gather like we are here. They were no longer able to do the things that kind of, the traditions that kept their relationship alive. And they regret how far they feel from God. And as the world slowly reopens, you and I have to go ahead and address these regrets or we will regress into the things that we want to avoid. How do we do that? Well, repentance is our way forward. Repentance isn't just feeling sorry or bad. No, no, no. Repentance is a 180-degree turn. It's a changing of the mind and the direction of our lives. It's coming honest with how we need God to set us free. And in fact, at the top of your notes, Paul writes it this way in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. It says, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation, and look at this, leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. I love that godly sorrow leaves no residue of regret. You know what I'm talking about, the residue of regret, that thing that is always in the back of your mind that, that makes it so that you can't really enjoy what it is that you're living or experiencing in that moment. Godly sorrow leads us to repentance, which sets us free. Worldly sorrow leaves us in a place where we feel like we just can't ever change. There's no way for us to move forward. And so I wanna make sure that we understand this straight off. Here's the main point. The world speaks regret, but Jesus speaks redemption. The world speaks regret. That's their language. Everything in our world is going to major on our failures, right? God acknowledges our failures. He doesn't ignore them, but he overcomes them through what it is he did on the cross. So you and I get to decide which language we're gonna speak when we walk from this place. Is it gonna be the language of regret or the language of redemption? The only way we can learn how to walk out of redemption is if we're honest with our regret. So here's the first point. Don't let unresolved regret keep you from showing up. And congratulations, you guys did. This morning, I know the innumerable amount of things that try to keep you from doing this. 
from just showing up. From showing up. With those of you who are watching, who, who knows all the distractions that are going on in your home right now, but you're fixing in, you know God has a word for you, and I'm so glad you are. So much of what it is that God wants to do doesn't require our perfection because none of us are perfect. It just requires our participation. God just wants us to show up. If you guys remember two weeks ago, post-resurrection, we followed the two guys on the road to Emmaus, right? And Jesus was walking alongside of them, allowing for deconstruction and reconstruction of their faith. He revealed themselves when he broke the bread and all of a sudden they realized they'd been walking seven miles with the Savior. And Jesus showed himself to them and then immediately he disappeared. Now, where did he go when he left those guys? We're about to find out. In fact, we're gonna pick up right where we left off there, right here, because our, our God and our Savior calls us to this place. They, they were in Luke chapter 24, verse 32. As soon as Jesus disappeared, it says, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. Now, this is, I, I just love this. Talk about showing up, right? Imagine their regret. They were arguing with Jesus almost the entire time. Now, I don't know about this God thing. He totally let us down. The Savior is a crock. None of this stuff came up. We were disciples. We thought he was going to overthrow Rome. None of this happened. And so they're, they're literally criticizing the one who conquered sin, death, and hell. Can you imagine the level of regret that they must have felt after realizing they were criticizing the Savior, and then he reveals himself to them? But I want you to see what happens. They don't stay at the table. They don't just, you know, drown their sorrows in goat milk. No, they're like... Oh my gosh, we've got to tell the others that we left behind in Jerusalem. It says, and remember, it was nighttime. They stopped for dinner at their home. It was nighttime. They didn't even wait till morning. And in those days, it was not safe to travel at night along the roads. But they did it anyways. They got up, they went, and they showed up. And I love this because their hearts went from cold to hot. Their, their hearts were burning when they realized that Jesus was speaking the language of redemption instead of regret, that he could have criticized them. He could have let them have it. How dare you guys doubt me? I told you so many times this was gonna happen. He doesn't speak that language. He didn't speak shame. He didn't speak condemnation. He speaks redemption. So look at this. They, I, I, bet they, I bet they did that seven miles in half the time. Their hearts were so on fire. They, we, we gotta let the other guys know. Jesus is alive. He revealed himself to us. So there they found the 11. And those with them assembled together. They're hiding behind closed doors, worried that the Romans that had killed Jesus were about to come and kill them. And saying, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them and he broke the bread. And while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, peace be with you. And now there's some time lag here. I don't, I don't know if you guys ever noticed this, but Jesus disappears the moment that he breaks the bread. These guys gotta travel seven miles back to Jerusalem to meet all the rest of the disciples hiding behind closed doors. I love the fact that Jesus didn't reveal himself until he gave these two doubters that are now convinced of his reality the chance to share with the disciples themselves. You see, I'm wondering if sometimes God isn't waiting for us to just show up before he shows himself. 
I'm wondering if sometimes we're waiting for someone else to do all the hard work, someone else that can answer spiritual questions than I, I can, someone else to invite somebody, someone else to pray for the random stranger that we're seeing on the side of the road, and we're waiting for someone else. God, you take care of them, and God's like, no, you're going to take care of them. All I need you to do is show up. I'll do the heavy lifting. I love the timing of God. We're all of us waiting for a move of God. What if it starts with us just simply moving with what it is we already know? What did they share? They just shared what Jesus showed. That's all they shared. They didn't share heavy theology. They just say, he's alive, guys. We saw him. We saw him with our own eyes. And then Jesus shows up to this frightened room filled with regret and says, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost because this didn't fit their paradigm. Jesus was dead, right? He said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at that, my hands, my feet. He showed them the scars in his hands and his feet. It is my, I myself, touch me and see it. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. I just, I laugh at this. I laugh at this every time because I'm like, okay, here, Jesus just conquered sin, death, and hell, and all he gets is a cold piece of fish? Are you serious? What? Come on, you guys. You can at least give him something warm, right? Here, let's watch what happens. Hmm. Maybe it's just going to, like, fall right through, right? If he's a ghost, it's just going to fall on the ground. It's digesting. This is really him. I mean, I just love the patience, the perpetual patience that Jesus has with us. Can you imagine the regret that filled that room? Every single one of them, except for John and Mary, had left Jesus at his point of greatest need, massive torture. They all left him. They denied him. They ran for the hills. They were hiding for their lives. And can you imagine the regret, the stench of regret in that room? And yet Jesus doesn't come in and slap them upside the head. In fact, he even has patience. Guys, it's really me. It's really me. Give, give me some fish. Let me, let me show you it's me. I, just, I love the way that Jesus comes in and redeems us and opens up our hearts to believe in him again. They regretted their inaction over believing Jesus, and they regretted their action in abandoning him. You know, this, this great infographic here, author Mary Shelley said, the regret causes us to become cannibals of our own hearts. Unresolved regret is a leech that steals from our present in order to feed the pain, our past, hindering our future in the process. I just want you guys to just look at this. Regret from actions. We were kind of joking about, you know, regrets over 2020, but I'm wondering if some of these don't land. Let's let the Holy Spirit maybe show you if some of these aren't still hanging around, causing you to miss the Savior that's standing right in front of you. Ending a relationship, walking away from a job or educational opportunity, spreading damaging gossip, making poor financial decisions, impulse decision-making, self-medicating activities like stress eating, shopping, drugs, alcohol, engaging in hypocritical behavior. I mean, that would be enough in it on its own. But there's not only regret from our actions, there's also regret from our inactions. Ignoring the symptoms, neglecting a friend, turning a faux blind eye when a need arises, 
treating as invisible those at the margins of society, passivity when advocacy is called for, discounting family relationships, any number of these things you might have walked in here with, any number of these things might be the door, just like the disciples that they were hiding behind. I'm telling you, that re- the door of regret was so much more solid than the door that Jesus walked through in that moment, and he had to open that door for them. And Jesus doesn't want you to walk out of here with regret. If you're feeling that today, any of those things, maybe it's not even on the list, but there's some things you regret that you did or didn't do over this past year. You can leave that here. This requires some wrestling, I know. Wrestling can be hard. It would be much better to just ignore it and pretend it's all fine. But Jesus wants you to be free. That's why he is, just like with those disciples, he's walking right into the room And he's looking each of us in the eyes. And he's saying, peace be with you. Not because we've earned it, but because he bought it for us on the cross. He's in this room right now. He's in the room where you're watching this right now. He wants to look you in the eyes and say, you don't have to walk in that anxiety, in that regret, in that shame or that condemnation anymore but you do have to hand it to me. So our community builder discussion question for our house churches for us to talk through with our family later this week is where there is tension, pay attention. I can feel the tension in this room. Some of those things on that list immediately brought up attention for you. Pay attention where there's tension. Have you stopped showing up where you wake, work, and worship? Let Jesus get you unstuck. What I mean is you can still live in the house, but you're not really showing up for your spouse. Kind of like ships passing in the night. You can still be there with your kids or your friends, but you're not really showing up to care and love and serve them where they're at. You can still show up and clock in at your workplace, but you're not really there with all of your heart to serve and give your very best. You can even show up here. Remember, I said most of the job is just showing up. But it involves our heart, mind, soul, and spirit, that we would show up ready to bring a song and a hymn and a spiritual song. We would show up ready for not only what God wants to say to us, but what he wants to say through us to those around us here today. If there's a place where regret is like those disciples locking you behind a closed door, let's let Jesus slam that door open today. Because the world speaks regret, but he speaks redemption. How do we do that? Well, it was yesterday's reading in the journal reading where all, we all read through a life journal together here at the Father's house, and, and, and Jesus comes to us in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But notice where it starts. You guys want that burden off? You have to come to him first. You have to bring it to him. You have to be honest with him. You have to show up, even if it's with a whole barrel full of regret, and hand it over to him. That's the only way we're going to get unstuck. It reminds me when I, I was walking into, a, sometimes I study in a Starbucks, and I had my, my man bag. It's, a, it's not a purse. It's a man bag. And I had my laptop, you know, and my Bible and stuff in there. And uh, my zipper, I guess, was a little broken on the back of my 
man bag. And it got stuck on the back of my shorts. And I go to pull my bag over onto the table where I was going to study, and instead it pulls my shorts around. And I'm like, what? That's Something is wrong here. So I bring the bag back, and I'm trying to, trying to get it unstuck from my shorts. I can tell by, but just feel it's unstuck, but I cannot get it unstuck. And, of course, the more I pull, the, the more stuck it gets. So then I get my camera, and I'm like, I, I need to be able to see the problem. So I, I take a picture with my camera. This is in the middle of Starbucks, right? I, I'm not even looking around. I don't even want to see how many people are staring at me. And, uh, and so it... Th- and, and I take a picture of it, I'm like, there's, there's just no way I'm going to be able to get that unstuck myself. And so then I have to ask for help. And I go up to a complete stranger sitting there trying to mind his own business, trying to pretend this weirdo wasn't standing next to him, you know, playing with his backside. And I go, I am so sorry to have to ask you this, but my, my bag is stuck to my butt. And I, if you can just, Put your hand right there. I, I think you, if you just get a little closer, can you just, can you see? <laughs> to this day, I'm amazed. I, I bet this guy thought he was getting punked, right? This is one of those reality shows. There's some cameras somewhere. Who is this guy and why is he asking me to touch his derriere, right? And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I really am, but I cannot get this undone. And thankfully, the kindness of strangers this guy, in the extremely awkward moment that it was in the middle of Starbucks, he was able to unlatch it off of my zipper. And I said, thank you so much. Can I buy you something? And really, he didn't even want to talk to me after that. We are both like, I- I'm good. You're good. Let's just pretend we don't even know each other. Right? We just backed away from each other slowly. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, I could have gotten unstuck without help. These disciples were stuck in their regret behind closed doors of fear. And if it wasn't for Jesus, they would have stayed there. But Jesus walks in and and he says, you guys gotta gotta invite me into this place. And if you and I want to be free, it's going to feel awkward. It's going to be people staring. But you got to ask Jesus to help you get unstuck. And how do you do that? Often by asking each other. Why do we encourage house churches? Why do we encourage small groups? Why don't we encourage your connection with others throughout the week? Because all of us got places where we're stuck. And without each other's help, we're going to stay in that place of regret. And I'm telling you, the worst kind of regret is having help available and never asking for it. That's the worst kind of regret. Let's go ahead and just humble ourselves. Let's just be honest. There's not a single one of us in here or watching online right now that don't have some places that were on that list that were stuck. So, Jesus speaks the language of redemption. And sometimes we just got to show up and admit, I'm stuck. Can you help me? And that's really what church is. That's why we do this. So we can help each other get unstuck and walk out our redemption. The second point is don't let unresolved regret keep you from a divine reset. That's the season that we're in, people. We are in the season of a divine reset. Now, there, there is a reset that's happening that if we're not careful, we're going to get reset in the habits of our past. A lot of stuff got disrupted over this past year and a half. But if we don't allow the divine reset 
to set us free from our regret, we will get reset into those sinful patterns, into those things that have held us back. If we ignore our regret, we'll become reset in all of those things. And I just love the patience of our shepherd. In fact, he was willing to get these guys unstuck over and over and over again. It kind of reminds me of this uh, little clip here. I don't know if you guys saw this clip. Do we have that? Watch this. You guys, this is a shepherd pulling the sheep out. Look at that. Look how much. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> Isn't that us? I mean, come on, that's totally us. It was, the, it was the disciples and it was us. And Jesus, how many times that Jesus had to go, hands off, let me get to you. Uh, Jesus, how many times that he told them, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise again, and it's, I'm not setting up an earthly kingdom. And over and over again, they're like, we're free, we're free. <laughs> Stuck again. Right, and the, the goodness of our shepherd is that he over and over again, he comes to us and he says, divine reset, right? I'm not gonna, he's not gonna leave us in there, you guys. He's not gonna leave us in there. And so I think sometimes we're just like, I've gone to a million services, I've been to camps, I've been to, you know, all these inspirational things, and I've said, yes, Jesus, I'm all in. And then I go, boink, boink, boink. You get, you're stuck again, right? But no matter how many times you have gotten stuck after being set free, don't let that keep you from being set free right now. The divine reset is for every single one of us. And you can see how he does it here in Luke chapter 24, verse 44. He said to them, this is what I told you. This is very close to I told you so, but he doesn't go that far. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations. What will be preached? Repentance, because that's the road out of regret. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witness of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. You guys catching this? This is a bad business plan. Like, if you want to come up with a business plan, you don't rest the entirety of your kingdom advancement on a group of people that keep getting stuck in the same place. And yet Jesus doesn't define them by their regret. He defines them by his redemption. He doesn't say, you're a bunch of losers. You keep missing what I'm clearly telling you. He says, no, you're a bunch of witnesses. And you're going to go tell the world everything that you have seen and heard, starting with how many times I've opened up the word to you and got you unstuck through the truth. What do we share? What he shows. How do we be a witness? We just talk about what it is that he's done. Every one of us have unstuck stories. He's like, start there. In fact, before you go try and mess up anything else, before you try and do anything else in your own strength, wait in Jerusalem, which of course you advance to Acts chapter two. The Holy Spirit is poured out and here's these guys 
that kept getting unstuck and now they're going into the world unsticking others, helping others to experience a divine reset. In fact, this verb, when it says he opened up their minds, it's literally to open up like a folding door in the Greek. It's like to take one of those accordion doors and fold it all the way in so there's no more door, there's no more separation between us and the word that God is bringing to us. It's revelation, it's complete connection. Jesus maybe is even doing that now and those watching online, opening up our understanding through his word saying, God wants to use you as his witness to the world. And immediately when a guy like me up here says that, you know what comes in to say you can't do that? Regret. Regret comes in and says, no. But you remember what you did. You can't can't do what he's saying because you remember what you said. You remember what happened on the way over here to church, right? You cannot be a witness. I'm sorry if perfection was going to disqualify us from being witnesses. None of these guys in this room would have been witnesses either. But it's not our perfection. It's his. And I want just I want to ask you on this water baptism Sunday. Who needs a divine reset? What was he resetting for them? First of all, the word. They had grown up studying the Torah. But Jesus opened up their minds to understand the word like they never heard it before. Do you need that? That it's not like you're just reading the Bible out of obligation, but it's actually being opened up to you, like the accordion door is being folded on the side. Because once the Holy Spirit begins to open up your understanding of the Word, you can't stay away from it. You can't even wait to spend more time reading God's Word. Maybe it's a divine reset in worship. Worship is so much more than just what we experienced here at the top of the service. Worship is this place of standing in awe everywhere that we go. Jesus every day pursuing and passionately Do you need a divine reset there? What about as a witness? More and more stats are saying that more and more Christians feel like it's inappropriate to evangelize. And I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry that they feel that's inappropriate, but that happens to be our assignment. To be a witness of what Jesus has done for us. He got me unstuck over and over Again, come on, (laughs) come on, John, you can do this. But I don't know what to tell people. I don't know what to share with people. Share about that last place I got you unstuck. Start there and see what I do through the power of the Spirit. So the world speaks regret. Jesus speaks redemption. And I just want you to hear this loud and clear. The disciples regretted how they had followed Jesus. But Jesus never once regretted calling them his followers. Let me speak that to you. Maybe you have regretted over this past year and a half of all the trials, all the things that we've gone through. Maybe you've regretted how you have followed Jesus. But Jesus has never once regretted calling you by name as a follower. You want to experience a divine reset? Because I, th- I feel like that's not just where our, our world's at. I feel like that's even where the Father's house is at. And We had a a leader recently ask Cindy and I if we regretted moving here in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. We were pastoring a a church of uh, about 3,000 in Oahu. And before the the reset of 2020, God was already resetting our heart in 2019, asking us to surrender everything. We didn't know what it was unto. But in that place, we were set free because we just got to follow Jesus. 
And we were able to tell this leader, there hasn't been a single moment since arriving here that we've regretted coming here. Because that's what it feels like to be smack dab in the middle of the will of God. Does it mean it's easy? Oh, no. Does it mean I haven't fallen into numerous crevices where God has had to pull me out of? Oh, no. But it does mean I don't have a single regret. Cindy and I don't have a single regret being here with each and every one of you. And if we don't regret being here, my prayer is that you wouldn't regret being here. Because I look at what it is that you've done over this last year and a half, and honestly, I'm humbled at being able to be a part of a group of people like this. Because resets are hard. You guys remember when we first gathered, we couldn't even come inside the building, so we had our tailgate, a couple tailgate worship nights before we even had our our first service, I love that the first thing that we did was to humble ourselves on the blacktop out in the parking lot and to glorify Jesus. This is part of the reset of the Father's house. Remember our first service back here on Father's Day last year? What it felt like to actually be able to come inside and be together? Remember how many times, how many months we spent in what we called the Father's backyard the various iterations on all the setup and tear down the amazing amounts of patience that you guys had, all the help that you guys gave us and all of that. Our first water baptism in that ridiculous little kiddie pool that was le- leaking the whole time. By the way, we got an upgrade. We got an upgrade today. But you guys still did it anyways. Our house churches and our house groups, all of you guys deciding that, hey, you know what? God has actually said that we can meet together not just once a week, but all throughout week that's where the strength is our house youth relaunch with our skate ramp just thinking about all of you that have been serving all through throughout this past year and a half all of the serving (laughs) all of our amazing front lines and tech people out there all of us in this next picture here seeking to find Jesus every day as our new mission statement because you can't cancel a move of the Spirit. And what I'm asking you to do is to let the Holy Spirit cancel any regret that would keep you from being a part of the reset He's doing here at the Father's house. Is it going to be like what it was before? No. It's going to be a brand new thing building on what was before. And I believe that each of you are a part of what it is that God is about to do. And the only thing that can hold you back from that is regret of standing by when you could have been all in. And I want to invite you to that divine reset. I want to invite you to that place. Let's pray.